Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Now listen, you guys, we've been really on this thing about being intentional and, and, and God is placed in our hearts. I need you to understand that intentional is not the vision for the year. Intentional is what we're going to be for the rest of our lives. Come on, you guys. Intentional is going to be plugged into every aspect and every corner of our lives. I know just this whole thing that God has been showing me through the fast, it's been keeping me up at night. It's really been keeping me up because I'm trying to figure out where in my life am I not being intentional? What's going on? And, and, and over the last three weeks, we've been talking about different aspects of being intentional. And, and what we found out three weeks ago, we found out that being intentional uh, means doing stuff on purpose, deliberately, and making something happen. When you're intentional, you got to make things happen. It just doesn't happen by, by accident. People don't become successful by accident. Praise God. I, I can tell you right now, you know, people, it, it's funny. I, I get to sit down and if you guys ever get a chance, I just want to tell you, sit down and talk with Stan. Stan's a young man. Stan's a, Stan is the young man. Stan the young man. We call him Stan the man. But I just want to ask you, you want to talk about somebody successful? Talk to Stan. Stan will tell you about being successful. But you know what? He isn't going to tell you a story about, hey, you know, one day I wanted to be successful. I prayed about being successful. And what do you know? I became successful. He's going to tell you about the trials and the tribulations. He's going to tell you about the goals that he had to set. He's going to tell you about the ups and the downs. He's going to tell you how he had intentionally had to do things in order to get where he's at right now. I'm not going to tell his testimony, but you can sit down and talk to him. He's open. He'll be more than happy to have lunch with you. Amen. Stand right back there. But in, success doesn't happen by accident. Intentuality breeds success. If you're intentional about things, it is going to happen. We learned that three weeks ago. We, we learned that if, if I do stuff on purpose, even if I fail and I keep doing it, it's going to happen. Was it Thomas Edison that made the light bulb? I think it was Thomas Edison. You know the first time that he tried to make the filament, because the filament inside the light bulb, he kept trying to make one, and it would only burn for so many minutes, which means it was useless. It would be a flash. It wouldn't work. So he kept trying and using different materials, and he kept trying, kept trying, and I think he tried like over a 1,000 different materials, and then finally he got the right one. Actually, somebody introduced it to him, and he was like, oh, here, I'll take that. And he used it, and boom, it was, it was good. So people asked him, like, man, that's a great invention. Great invention that you made. He, how'd you do it? How long did it take you? He said a thousand times. He's like a thousand times. You failed a thousand times. He said, No, I didn't fail a thousand times. I learned a thousand different ways not to do it. See, I was intentional about what I was doing, and he made an invention that we are still using today. Watch this. What vision and plan is in you that's going to outlast your generation? and serve generations to come. What in your life is waiting for you to be intentional about it? See, some of us don't think that big. You know, God's got things in you that are going to outlast you. When God gives you a vision, it isn't just for your life. It's for those to come. Come on, somebody. When God gives you something, it's not just for you and me and me and myself and I. It's for others to enjoy. If you're intentional about what you're doing, it will you will complete the vision that God gives you. And when it comes to fulfilling God's vision, listen to this very carefully. 
If you have spirituality without practicality, your dream will never become a reality. We get too spiritual about things that God tells us to do. We'll sit down and we'll pray about it. I'll pour oil on you and we'll do all this other stuff. And we're like, man, God, it's not happening. Because you got to put the work in. Come on, you guys. Everybody wants to pray about it. I, I hear people, now watch this. I hear people come to me and they're like, I got a deal. I got this problem with anger, Pastor. I need you to lay hands on me. And, and I'm like, okay, I can lay hands on you. I can sprinkle you with oil. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to deal with that. Maybe you need to take anger management classes. I don't know. Well, that's not very spiritual. It's practical. Guys, I, we get so spiritual sometimes that we forget to be practical, and then nothing ever happens in our lives, and we blame God for it. God says, I'm a help when you're in trouble, not um, I'm going to do it for you. God called you to crucify your own flesh, not, you do, not him do it for you, because he laid on the cross. I believe he laid, they didn't have to put him on the cross. He laid on the cross. Oh. That's another message. That's another message right there. We also saw that there was a problem with being intentional, and part of that was that we had to have foresight. We had to learn how to anticipate, and we had to have a type of discernment. Now, watch this. Do you guys realize that God was intentional when it came down to you? Creation, in all of creation, God said this. I knew before, before God laid the foundations of the earth, before he, he called the, separated the waters from the waters, before he separated the firmament from the water, before he called dry land to come out of the water, he knew that man himself would mess up and be out of relationship with him before he even created the earth. He, the Bible declares that the Lamb of God was slain, that Christ died was slain before the foundations of the earth. He already made a way for us to get back in relationship with him before he even created man because he had foresight. He saw, so he was intentional about the plan that he had for us to be back in a relationship with him. So if God is an intentional God, then us being Christians, which means Christ-like, need to be intentional about everything we do also. So we also learned, uh, was it two weeks ago, that Pastor Kaya preached an awesome word, said, this is about to be good. If y'all missed it, I'm sorry, but that's why we have a podcast, and that's why we have the live on our app. Download the app, TBCF, on whatever uh, media you use. Download it. I'm telling you, be blessed by it. But she said, this is about to be good. I didn't really understand it at the time, but each week it goes by, I'm understanding what she meant. You know why this is about to be good? Because we're all about to be intentional in everything that we do. And when you do things intentional, all things will work together for your good. So this is about to be good. And she explained to us what I like to call the hashtag Peter moments. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. There's times I have my ups and then my downs, but God still condescends to use a fool like me to preach the gospel. You know, I don't know. Maybe you guys are living these perfect lives. I mean, maybe you don't have temptations, and maybe you don't look at people sideways. Maybe you not ever feel jealous or, or anything like that. Maybe that's you, but that's not me. But God condescends. He, he uses somebody that's messed up like me. That's why I have Peter moments. He used Peter. And Peter, one minute, would be prophesying, say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then the next minute, he had to turn around and tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter's talking about how spiritual he is, but he's cutting off people's ears. Peter's the one that denied Christ three times. 
Come on, you guys. But he turns around. Peter, the apostle Peter, ended up being one of the pillars of the church. He used a fool like Peter. In the same way he used a fool like Peter, the same way he wants to use a fool like you to preach the gospel. Don't get mad at me. I already said I was a fool. It's your turn. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says this, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame those which are mighty. We get so caught up in our head that God wants to use somebody or something perfect, and God wants to use you right where you're at and just how you are. And he loves you too much to keep you there. Because if you know, Peter was all messed up, but God brought him to a whole nother level. Hmm. And last week, we learned what being intentional looks like. We saw that we had to write down the vision. We had to create small goals to get to the vision. And we had to anticipate. We had to prophesy. When we operate in our gifting to prophesy or anticipate, we can see problems before we get to the problems. And if we see problems before we get to the problems, we can solve problems that are small before those problems get big. Come on. I, I just want to mention this. I, you know, I used to work in a hospital. I worked in a clinic, and, and I'd have people come in, and I'm x-raying a foot, and I'm like, this didn't happen in a day. I'm like, man, how long has it been like this? Well, you know, about two years ago, I first noticed the toenail was getting looked a little funny, and I, you know, I didn't want to come in. I was hoping it passed away, and it, it would go away, and then now, now it's like I just see the bone. The toe's actually gone, and it smells really bad. Um, so yeah, um, do you think there, think there's anything? No, there's nothing we can do about it. You waited too long. Your small problem became a big problem because you refused to deal with it. Oh, I wish I could stay right here and preach right now because your little lying problem right now may be little white lies. Give it about five years. You ain't even going to know how to tell the truth. You ain't even going to know the truth yourself. You'll be such a pathological liar that you're going to believe your own lies. Uh-huh, uh-huh, ooh, I can go there. Yes, Lord, I'm going to go there. You're little just glimpsing at your little pornography and all that stuff. Right now, it's a small problem. You stay there before you know you'll be full of lasciviousness, which means you can't control yourself. You're going to have a problem. The next thing you know, you'll be cheating on your husband or your wife. Yeah, but women have that problem too. I don't always steal. I'm just going to take this gum. It's just a little gum. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we're going to be trying to bail you out for armed robbery. I ain't bailing you out. Don't call the church. Well, pastor, it's really tough, and, uh, you know, I, I just need the rent money. So I went down to 7-Eleven and tried to make No, you're staying in jail. We'll pray for you. We'll send you care packages. Okay, okay, okay. Am I wrong? God said he's not mocked for whatever man soweth, that, that shall he also reap. You guys didn't like that one. I'm sorry. Listen, the last thing that we learned was this. Don't procrastinate. Do it now. Do it now. Why do we keep putting stuff off? Come on, saints. When you have the opportunity to do good, do it. Do it. Oh, my goodness. It's just so, no, so many times. So how many times have you said, you know what? I'm tired. I'll just do it tomorrow. 
Okay, we got some Christians in here. All right. We got some people to tell the truth. There's so many times we put it off to, to, to tomorrow, but you guys know tomorrow is in promise. I'm going to call them tomorrow and I'm going to tell them sorry. Well, I'm going to call them right now. We have the opportunity. We can't procrastinate. We can't wait. We learned all these things. Now, just to ask you guys real quick, is anybody familiar with downloading software on their computers? Anybody? Has anybody ever downloaded a little program, whether it's, it's uh, Office or whatever? Yeah, you guys know you download a program. And anytime you download a program onto your computer, it downloads onto the hard drive. So that when you want to come up with that program, you just click on the little icon. It goes to the hard drive, and it brings it up. And you get to use that program whenever you want to use it. Well, sometimes what the companies do when they have these programs is they come in with these things called plugins. And you take those plugins, you plug them into the program, and when you download it, you download it to that program, and it makes the program work better. Not only does it make it work better, sometimes it makes it work more efficient for you. They're called plugins. So guess what? I'm going to give you guys some plugins today because you last week you downloaded the program called being intentional, and now I'm going to give you seven plugins to add to that so that your intention. Oh, see here, I'm going to say it wrong. Your intentionality will work a lot better. Now I do have to say something about being intentional, so I'm going to ask you guys to have patience. Can you guys have patience with your pastor? Can you have patience with me? See, there's one thing that God gave me this vision. He gave me a vision many years ago, and that vision is is that one day I, that we'll have a congregation and people in here be bilingual. So I mean, there'll be Spanish speaking, and then there'll be English. I don't believe in segregation. I don't believe in having a Spanish speaking service and then we have a, an English speaking service because that's segregation. Why can't we all experience the same worship at the same time in all these? things and God placed in my heart. He's like, look, you need to learn how to speak Spanish because this is what I'm showing you, that you'll be ministering to the Latino population as well as the whites and the blacks and, and, and the Filipinos and the Samoans, and I'll be doing all this thing. But he put on my heart Spanish. So because God put that on my heart, and I've been talking about it for years, and we have a translation booth in the back, and we, we have all these different things in place. But God, I know my vision, the vision God has given me is to be able one day to preach in Spanish. So what, I'm, I'm being serious, and I've been talking about it. Some of you guys know it from when we were Missouri Street. I've been talking about it, talking and talking and, and talking and talking and, and talking. And I've been talking about it. But God said, if you're going to do it, you have to be intentional. So I need you guys to have patience with me because for the rest of my life, you're going to be hearing me preach and saying things in Spanish because I want to learn how to speak. I want to be comfortable in speaking Spanish and preaching Spanish. I want to be able to minister to everybody. I want to become all things that I may gain a few. I want to be on the streets. We're in California. I want to be able to walk up to somebody and tell them how much Jesus loves them in Spanish. Because they may not speak English, and even maybe English is their second language. How much more will they receive the love of God if they hear it in their natural native tongue? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I just speaking of the book of Acts? Y'all need to read your Bibles. People, when they spoke, and they did the people oh, in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell and fell on everybody, and they received the gift, and they, they, the Bible says that they were speaking in tongues. Now, this wasn't an unknown language. This was a known language because there were people speaking in, in languages that they, it was impossible for them to know, and, and the people that were around watching and, and seeing these guys preaching this language are people from other places in the world. And they're like, wait a minute. These men can't be. They're Galileans. They haven't been to Crete. They haven't been to Rome. They don't know how to speak our language, but yet here I hear them praising God in our own language. This is what happens. It's a gift of tongues. 
And I believe that God wants to give me that gift, but I got to be intentional about it. See, we don't think that. A lot of times we think the gifts are just something we get. Well, they are. God will give them to you. He gives you the ability. If I give you a gift on Christmas, you got the gift, but you got to work to open it. That was a great revelation. <laughs> the gift's inside the box. Got to work to open it, to get to it. So I'm going to work. You guys have patience with me in, in my miscorrect pronunciation of certain words, but you know what? You're going to know what I mean. Praise God. So here's your seven plugins. Seven plugins. I'm going to go over seven plugins. The first plugin that we have that you got to plug in so that you're, you're, you can be intentional is this. Live by your beliefs and core values. Live by your beliefs and core values. Vive por tu nucleo, creencias y valores. Colossians 3.23 says this, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto men. People who live a life of, of intentionality have core beliefs and values that influence their decisions and shape their day-to-day -day actions. Listen, your core belief is the word of God. Everything you do, you should be doing to please God. I know it's your vision. I know it's your plan. It could be a business plan. It could be a relationship with somebody. But everything you do, you need to do according to what the word of God tells you. That is your core belief. I don't care who outside this wants to talk in your ear and tell you how to do it. Your core belief system should be your guiding light. You have to go by your core beliefs. You don't go outside. I don't care what Confucius says. My God said, everything that I do, I should do it as if I'm doing it unto the Lord. So if I'm doing, if I'm feeding somebody, then I do it as if I'm feeding the Lord. If this person was the Lord, this is how I'll treat him. Everything. If I'm creating a business plan, I'm creating a business plan so that God will see my business plan and he would be pleased with my business plan. I'm doing it to please you, God, and not to please myself. The second plug-in is this. Set priorities. We have to set priorities. Establecer prioridades. Gracias. Gracias. I've been having a problem with that word all day. Matthew 6, everybody knows this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, no matter, no matter how big your vision is, always remember to keep the first things first, and that is maintaining a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to maintain that relationship. We have to be seeking God every day. The first thing I ever want to do in my day is acknowledge God. You know, in the morning when you wake up, you know, the Bible, the Bible declares this. He says he renews our, our mercies every morning. You know what that means? You went to bed bankrupt on mercy. You were out of mercy when you fell asleep. But God says, I'm going to renew it. He renews our mercies in the morning, because we need a whole lot of mercy to get through the day. Praise God. So why not acknowledge him for it? When you set God as your main priority and you spend time with him, first, that's the first thing you do, you will find that coming up with creative ideas, finding answers and wisdom for problems will come to you as you're communing with God. There has been so many questions that I had that I needed for just regular stuff. I'm not even talking about 
church stuff. There's just things in my life, how to deal with relationships, how to solve problems, all these things. And I'm like, okay, let me set my own self and problems aside. Let me begin just to talk to God. God, what would you have me do today? God, what direction do you want me to go? Is there something that you want me to do? And the Lord would begin to talk to me. And as I'm talking to him, not even thinking about my problems, God just wants to go ahead and throw in the answer real quick for me. Oh, by the way, I know what you're in need of before you ask or even think it. This is what you need. Here's your answer. Here's wisdom beyond your years. Here's some knowledge that you have no ability of knowing. What is the gift of knowledge? Get by the Spirit of God. He gives it to you, and all of a sudden you have this answer. It's like, wow. How did that happen? Because I'm seeking first the kingdom of heaven, which is relationship of God, and all these things, all these answers, all this wisdom, everything I need to know will be added unto me. It just got added. I didn't have to look for it because I sought God first. Now, guys, listen, because I'm talking about different things, and I'm making it look like as if there's only, you know, um, I got to acknowledge God, and, and then I got the rest of my life. But there's a bunch of stuff in our lives that we need to make sure that we're setting the right priorities. Can I get an amen? See, after we're done communing with God and spending time with him, we have to realize there's things that we, uh, other things in our lives that will rob us of our productivity. Such as extracurricular craptivities. Yes, 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 yes. That was deep. That was, that was a deep language. Let me, let me explain to you some of these things like Facebook, Instagram, social media, Xbox, PlayStation. Look, you being on Facebook for three hours a day didn't help you get anywhere in your vision and plan that God had for you. I'm sorry if I offended you, but it's true. You be on Facebook three and four hours looking at what everybody else was look. You know, no, Facebook is a really good tool because it helps me see what other people are doing and what's going on in other people's lives. Let me give you a news flash, okay? People only put on Facebook what they want you to know. <laughs> the person that's sitting there uh, pasting all those scriptures and everything else, they're going through hell too. God is a good God. That's why they're posting the scriptures. They're like, God is good. They're trying to encourage themselves because everybody else is posting dumb stuff. People who are intentional identify those things that matter most to them in completing their vision and spend a majority of their time and effort in those areas. Look, you have to identify what's going to help you get to your vision and focus on what's going to help you. Yeah, extracurricular activities is cool every once in a while. You step outside, take a break, take five minutes, look at Facebook, do whatever, take about 30 minutes, play a couple of games of, of Call of Duty, and then you go back to what you want to do to fulfill your vision. But this is a problem I hear everybody always say. It's like, you know what? You know, Pastor, I, I can understand. You know, you get stuff done because you have more time than I do. No. How many hours is in a day? I don't have 26 hours. Nobody does. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. It depends upon what you're doing with those 24 hours. Everybody has the same amount of time. It's what you do with that time that matters. Todos tienen la misma cantidad de tiempo. Es lo que hace con tu tiempo lo que importa. <laughs> how we spend our time is how we spend our days, and how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Don't you realize that, you know, once you get caught up in doing nothing, 
that just for a few seconds, it ends up being a few minutes, and then a few minutes ends up being an hour, and then an hour ends up being the whole day, and then you turn around and you look, and you're like, man, I just wasted a whole day. I mean, can I get anybody in here that would testify that you only meant to be on Netflix to watch one show, and then all of a sudden, you're watching a whole series? Oh, I was supposed to be here at this time. Where'd the time go? Number three, this is the third plug-in. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. Sigue tu pasión. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, the apostle Paul, he pressed. He had passion. In order to press for something, he meant he had passion. Apostle Pablo dice, Yo presencio hace la vision. Yo presencio hace la vision con pasión, con fervor. You have to do it with passion, with fervor. You got to press whatever God has given. You can't do it halfway. My God, don't you realize that Jesus Christ had so much passion to have relationship with you. He did it with passion. That's why they call it the passion of Christ. That he left heaven, he put on flesh, he came to earth, and he walked as a man, and he was denied, and he was dis- his own creation denied him and betrayed him. The very ones he loved that came and died for, it takes a great amount of passion to take all that and still die for you. He didn't do it halfway. I like the way Donald puts it. He lavished his love out on us. Lavish means over and above. When you're doing something with passion, you're doing over and above to get to what you're, you're trying to achieve. People who live a, 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 an intentional life wake up each morning eager to face a new day. They pursue their dreams with fervor. They put, in their, heart, they put their heart into everything they do, and they feel that they're personally making a difference. It is nothing worse than waking up and feeling like you've done something and it didn't even make a difference in anybody's life. There's nothing worse than fruitless labor. Can you imagine working all day at your job and they came to you and go, hey, you did a great job. You're not getting paid for it. How frustrated would you be? <laughs> You'd be mad. But you got to put heart into it because you and then when you put your heart in you have to feel like my payment is that I'm making a difference in whatever I'm doing I'm achieving something I like what James Dean said that you guys remember James Dean the actor some of you guys don't remember who he is he was a real cool white guy he used to wear ride a motorcycle look real good he said he said this not quite this way but he said like this sueña como si vivaras para siempre viva como si fueras a mordi oi. And what that means is dream as if you'll live forever, but live as if you'll die today. You got to dream as if you're going to live till you're like 400 years old. Like 400 years from now, I'm going to still be doing this. I'm going to have this. But you have to live as if today's my last day. So here we have. We're on number four. First, live by your core beliefs. Two, set priorities. Three, follow your passions. And the fourth plug-in is this, achieve balance. 
achieve some kind of balance, lograr el equilibrio, equilibrio. Proverbs 11 and 1 says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is delight. Now, I know some of you uh, Bible uh, uh, scholars in here would say, well, th what that definitely means is people were cheating on their taxes and they would fix the scale. So when you put something on it, they would get more money. That's what it was talking about. But I'm going to peel back a layer so that you can understand something here. Do you know that most of us in our lives, when we are pursuing something that with passion, that we tend to focus more on what we're pursuing than the other things in our lives? I hope you guys hear this real closely because there's so many people that end relationships and they mess up relationships because they aren't balanced. They're focusing so much on one area that they neglect the next area. See, I, in ministry, I, I, I've seen this so much in ministry, is in ministry, you know, the pastor will ask you, we got all these needs and all these needs, and people will be so focused on ministry. If God intended you only to do ministry, he never would have invented a relationship as a husband and wife, because your life would have just been the church and nothing else. He gave you a husband and wife, he gave you kids for you to also spend time with. Now, you don't neglect one for the other. Because on the other hand, I hear people say, well, you know, I can't make it because of family. Well, you're neglecting one for the other. You have to have a balance. When your balance is off, God hates it. He wants you to be perfectly balanced in your career, in your ministry, with your family, with your relationships, with people around you. People who live a life of, uh, of an intentional life put their heart into their career and into building relationships with friends and families. Achieving balance means living up to one's potential in all facets of your life. You can't neglect any of them. You can't put them on the back burner. So we're at our, our fifth plug-in. First, we got to live by your core beliefs. Two, set priorities. Three, follow your passion. And four, achieve balance. And number five, be content. Estar contento. First Timothy 6 is 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. People who live their lives uh, intentional have an inner peace because guess why? I'm going to tell you why. Because they wrote the vision down, they created small goals to get to the vision, and they anticipated every problem before they got to the problem. See, intentional people are content with where they are now because they know where they're going. Too many of us want tomorrow's blessings today. That's why we got credit cards. <laughs> Look, now it's like, oh, okay, that's what you mean. We are so busy trying to get next year's blessings, we want it now because we're not content. God calls us godliness, so godliness with contentment is great gain. Why is it great gain? Because it doesn't put you in debt. You're not gaining when you're in debt. I don't care if you got the new car. I don't care if you got the new house. If you're deep in debt, you're not gaining anything. <laughs> Man, financial peace right there. If you're not content, it's because of your content. It's because of what's inside you, or, or even worse, what's not inside you. Si no esta contento es por tu contenido. So we have to live by our core beliefs and values. We have to set priorities. We have to follow our passions. We have to achieve balance, and we have to be content. Number six, listen, you guys, don't just make the difference. Be the difference. 
all of us in our lives, especially us, the, 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 the millennials, they're looking to make a difference. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. Why don't you become the difference? Say la diferencia. Galatians 6 and 2 says this, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you guys know that there's times that, that we have to help other people out, that we have to become the difference in people's lives? Now, I, I recall, like, when, we, when I was in the military, we go out bivouac, and this when we were in, at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and it was a bunch of woods, and there was this big hill that we had to climb. And there were some young, some of the young guys were real athletic. Would, they would just shoot up this hill, man. they just shoot up at the top of the hill. We didn't see them. Then there would be uh, some other guys that would shoot up to the top of the hill, get up there quick, and they stop at the top of the hill, and they look down, and they start giving directions, helping people out. No, no, don't go that way. Come up this way. It's a lot easier. Grab that and come up. I said, wow, that's really cool. They didn't forget about us. But then there was something better. There were people that would climb up about five steps, and they'd reach down before they even got to the top, and they would grab somebody and help them get to where they're at. That's great. Watch this. There were people even better than that. There were people that would climb up a few steps. They would reach down. They would anchor themselves where they're at. They would reach down and grab somebody. Not only would they help them to where they're at, they would get behind them and push them up even further than they were. Those are the people that we need to become. Do you realize that sometimes in your life, saints, that there's going to be people trying to do the same thing that you're doing, and there's nothing wrong with helping them get ahead of where you're at? Can I just be open as a pastor? See, as a pastor, before I was a pastor, I was an athlete. So with being an athlete, I, I, I'm competitive. I like to win. Win. Winning. But I didn't know that kind of trait would carry over into me being a pastor. Dangerous. Because as pastors, and I'm not the only one, and sometimes we, we, we let that happen to us, that we see a church, and I would look at churches and be like, okay, we're, we're just eight years old. Let me see where they're at, eight years old. And these churches are blowing up. They're just big. And you're like, mm. And the problem with that is, and this is just a side note, we start trying to catch up with somebody else instead of running our own race. You guys hear what I'm saying? See, so there's things in your life that God has taken you through for a purpose. He, he might have you taking the stairs. You, we don't know what's down the road for them. All I know is I need to focus what's in my lane. And God might have me go in this direction because that's the plan and purpose that he has for my life. But we start comparing to other people. So, so if I let that bother me, then I won't pursue and feel the vision that God has given me. So then a lot of times there's pastors that see you. And, and, and personally in my life, I'm going to tell you what kind of guy I am. My wife will testify. All the elders will testify. I go out and look for church plants to help them. And I'll give them anything they need to help them, to encourage them. That I, I give them the stuff that we didn't get. Because people were jealous of, of, of past pastors jealous. I don't want you to do better than I'm doing. But what I would do is I'd be like, come on, man. I want to be that guy that has gone up a few steps. I'm not there. I'm not. The building ain't quite there. We're not at the top of the hill. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to help you get to where I'm at. And I'm going to get behind you, pastor. And I'm going to push and help push your ministry up. Because maybe you'll get up one step and turn around and help me up. And then it's back and forth. It's reciprocated. I'm not going to make a difference. I'm going to become the difference. We have to remember, you guys, una vela no pierda nada encendiendo otra vela, which means a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. 
You get a candle, you light another candle. What did the candle that lit the other candle lose? Nothing. It just gained more light. Praise God. As I close, number one, we have to live by our core beliefs. Number two, we have to set priorities. Three, we have to follow our passions. Number four, we have to achieve balance. Five, we have to be content. Six, we have to be the difference. And seven, we have to live in the moment. Vivir el momento. James 4 and 14 says this, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. People who live intentionally cherish every moment and seek to live their life without regret. They take joy in experiences that life gives them, and they don't worry about keeping score. Listen, saints, we have to live right now in this moment. So many of us miss out on this great gift that God has given us, which is called a present. We can live for tomorrow, which is our future. And yesterday is our past. But God has given us a gift called the present, and we need to live in it. We keep looking behind us, trying to live for what we forgot, and we start having regrets. And then we start living for tomorrow, not realizing that tomorrow's not promised. Now, I'm going to plan for tomorrow, but I'm going to live in today. I'm going to do everything I can do now while I still have the opportunity to do good. I'm going to do it right now. Ahora. Now. This moment. This time. There's so many times that most of us, now I, I need you guys to listen very carefully. You're living in this moment. There are people in your lives that you're saying stuff like, you know what? I'll tell them later. I, I, I'll call them tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll make up some other time. That other time may never come. While you're thinking about it in this moment, in this time, pick up the phone, give them a call, say I love you, tell them I'm sorry, tell them I miss you. Live in it, make it right during this moment. Make the attempt. Because if tomorrow doesn't come for them, you'll regret what's, gonna, what's happened. Live in this moment. A part of living in this moment means taking advantage of every opportunity that presents itself that is from God. You have to take the moment serious. I want to say this. And it sounds kind of odd. There's this well-known doctor. His name's Dr. Seuss. Hallelujah. I like the way he said it. He said it best. No llores porque se acabo. Sonri porque acurio. Which means don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. I listened to my wife sing this song today about my mother-in-law. She's gone on to be with the Lord and and I remember being at her bedside, and Kaya sang the song, You Make Me Happy. It's her favorite song. And I heard my wife sing it today, and, it, and I began to start getting sad because her life is over here on earth. 
But as I heard her say, you make me happy, I began to think, I'm not going to cry because it's over. I'm going to smile because I was allowed to take place in her life, that I was a part of her life. I'm going to smile because she is a beautiful memory in my, in my mind. I'm not going to live with regret because I said everything I ever wanted to say to her. I loved on her while she was here so I could smile because I took advantage of the moment. Saints of God, I want you to do the same. I, I don't want you to live in regret. And today is a day that you can seize the moment because today is the moment of salvation. Salvation is at hand today. Will you take advantage of this moment? Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next Sunday. I'll do it when I get home because it's not promised. Will you receive and take advantage of this moment? Today, I want you to choose to live in this moment so that you may live for eternity. Number one, we have to live by our core beliefs and values. Two, we need to set priorities. Three, follow our passions. Number four, achieve balance. Number five, be content. Number six, be the difference. And number seven, live in the moment. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.